Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome back to Top Stories of the Week. I feel like this is one of the first top stories in a few weeks where it's just like normal, normal structure, normal top story structure, because we've been just all over the place with the crazy election-ness that we haven't like really just sat down down and done a range of stories, you know? Uh, that is just straight up facts right there. I feel like we've been throwing you guys for like on a tailspin with our top stories format, really just confusing the people. But for anyone that is new here or just joining, top stories is the episode that we do for Tuesdays, released every week on Tuesdays. And it's where we go over some of the top headlines, political headlines for the week. And if you've also been around here for time immemorial, you know that a phrase of ours that we just can't really stop saying is we'll keep you updated. So mm. this is a they great- heard it in the intro. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh know, my goodness gracious. The merch is coming one day. We're we're gonna get that out. The we'll keep you updated merch. But yeah. speaking of merch is social goods. Yes, guys, it's okay, still so- available. Still available. This is the time to obviously be grabbing your friends the Secret Santa gift, the white elephant gift. Maybe it's not even a friend, it's a sibling, it's a parent, it's a great aunt. I don't know. I don't know your family, but I do know that most people like to buy their their the people in their lives gifts for the holiday season, regardless of what holiday you celebrate. Could be a made-up holiday, which is very my family-esque is to make up a holiday. So, <laughs> anyways. If there is some gift giving need in your your future in the next few weeks and beyond, dare I say, dare I say, go to social-goods.com, visit the Social Goods Times Girl in the Gov section under brands and do a little shopping. It's evergreen, even though it's not election season, even though mm-hmm. we still have one more election, but election seasons come and go, but they are always coming and going. So they always there are some coming sooner than you think. So next year, there'll be elections, 2024, obviously. So this message cannot die and will not die. And so it's a great gift to get your friends for all of the elections to come. But honestly, that was a big part of it too. And us designing a specific collection of not putting a year on it, because Mm -hmm. this is really meant to be something that you can wear in any any election season. And a message you should take in your life. And ever. And one other thing I do want to note on the gifting element of things is we do have an Etsy shop and we haven't given it some love in time of memorial. So if you are more into the decor side of things, that's your vibe, that's your moment. Well, we have some digital downloads available for you at 
our Etsy shop, which I will link to in our description, but it has some of our classic phrases like when in doubt, vote them out. It's going to be a vote for me, dog. There's just some classic phrases there in a lot of colors. If there's also a phrase you like, and you're not seeing a colorway that just vibes with your space, wherever you want to put it. And you're like, ah, you know, would really love this in a teal, for example, let us know. We're happy to make that stuff happen. But in the meantime, Go check it out. Shop around. Go check them out. I guess we'll we'll uh, table the housekeeping for now because we have mm. some top stories to get into. We do. We do. Kicking off top stories today is a very unfortunate one because this weekend there was another shooting in Colorado, specifically at a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs. The shooting killed five people and wounded many more. And one patron who had been partying moments before rushed into action, grabbing a handgun from the suspect, hitting him with it and pinning him down until police arrived just minutes later. That customer was one of at least two who police and city officials credit with stopping the gunman and limiting the bloodshed in Saturday night's shooting at Club Q. The violence pierced the cozy confines of an entertainment venue that has long been a cherished safe spot for the LGBTQ community in the conservative-leaning city. Police identified the suspected gunman as 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich, who was in custody and being treated for injuries. A law enforcement official said the suspect used an AR-15 style semi-automatic weapon in the attack, but a handgun and additional ammunition magazines were also recovered. And so kind of into this whole accessibility to guns conversation and um, just a year and a half before he was arrested this weekend in Colorado Springs after the shooting, he allegedly threatened his mother with a homemade bomb forcing neighbors in surrounding homes to evacuate while the bomb squad and crisis negotiators talked talked him into surrendering. Yet despite that scare, there's no public record that prosecutors moved forward with felony, kidnapping, and menacing charges against him or that police or relatives tried to trigger Colorado's red flag law that would have allowed authorities to seize the weapons and ammo the man's mother says he had with him. So... Gun control advocates are saying that this threat from 2021 is an example of a red flag law ignored with potentially deadly consequences. And while it's not clear that the law could have prevented Saturday's attack, such gun seizures can be in effect for as little as 14 days and be extended by a judge in six-month increments. They said it would have at least slowed his mission to do this and raised his profile with law enforcement. But the law that allows guns to be removed from people deemed dangerous to themselves or others has seldom been used in the state and particularly in El Paso County, which is the home to this shooter. And Associated Press analysis found Colorado has one of the lowest rates of red flag usage despite widespread gun ownership and several high profile mass shootings. El Paso County appears especially hostile to the law. It joined nearly 2,000 counties nationwide in declaring themselves as a, quote, Second Amendment sanctuary that protect the constitutional right to bear arms. Passing a 2019 resolution that says the red flag law infringes upon the rights of law-abiding citizens by ordering police to forcibly enter premises and seize a citizen's property with no evidence of a crime. So there is a ton to dissect from this story, obviously, all of that surrounding the gun laws is one thing, but there is also a huge conversation to be had about how this is also a hate crime and he's being charged as such. But and that whole layer like, layer to this is also he is the grandson of 
a MAGA California assembly member, Randy Bopel, mm-hmm. who yeah. lost his re-election. But yeah. if you're wondering how to call his district office, the number is 619-258-7737. So just an FYI, maybe save that in your contacts. Yeah, just like truly devastating and just an example of all of the things we're doing wrong and it's really easy to point to one side also who is yeah protecting gun rights over literal human rights and this is like the purest example of that playing out and people spewing hate crimes like in terms of the fact that words matter we say this all the time and it's just true and we have these platforms that are amplifying people making these comments you know, like, yeah. we, like this is part of like we now we have loose gun laws paired with rising hate mm-hmm. and platforms that can amplify that hate. Mm-hmm. So those three three things combined get us here. Totally. And it's just so clear. And it's interesting, too, how last week we had Dr. Bridges on and I was making a TikTok that was like it was like a duet with her. Senate hearing where she was calling out Josh Hawley for his lack of awareness of violence against the LGBTQ community and how literally not like acknowledging that they exist perpetuates violence against them. And it's just like such, again, an example of like how much words matter. And when you attack a group, even if it's like first of all crazy that you're doing it in any type of like political strategy way but there are so many people out there who hear that from you know the people that represent them and think it's then okay to think that way then speak that way then act that way against those people and it's just fucking wild and they're republicans like i think that's just very important to start calling out this party as a whole needs to get their shit together like i'm just so fucking over it and they're whether they're they're either complacent or they're doing it and both are bad and you like the ones who don't say anything need to speak up and it's like i'm hoping that especially given that they lost on a lot of this rhetoric that they've been pushing i'm hoping that they start to finally like stand up and like be decent human beings because this is what happens when they don't you know, I wish I could have more faith in them to do so, but I I don't. We've seen their true colors so many times before. Their party loyalty that like they're obviously members of the GOP that don't think this way and don't even speak this way. But when they're silent and they don't work to change those dynamics within their party, you're also to blame. Like I'm fucking I'm just totally it's the silence is also like a cosign. This is like, I I know it's different, but similar is like with Adidas and Kanye, like Mm -hmm. that was one of those scenarios. And there are many other examples that fall into this category where when you don't do anything, when you get past, especially to a certain window of time that's gone by without saying anything, you are just as much co-signing that behavior. Mm -hmm. You are saying, you know what? It's okay enough not to say anything. I'm... I'm good. It's a, it's a, the same thing as like a schoolyard. Oh my god, a schoolyard bully. You don't have to throw the physical punch to be the problem. 
Yeah. So 100%. I think this entire situation is beyond devastating and heart wrenching. And we will link to the fund to help victims, obviously. Also, we will link to Canada. the numbers for the elected officials you can call. True. And I also want to make a note too, especially given, you know, again, there's this like kind of hate crime part of it, but there's also obviously like these gun laws that we have to also address. Like, yeah. These are gun laws that are like literally being ignored. And like the fact that this also, there's counties within not only in Colorado, but across the country where they are purposefully not enforcing gun control laws that ultimately now in this example are leading to violence. So just a uh, lesson too that your county and local politics matter and that you should look to your county supervisors or however your county and like local governments are set up to make sure that they are representing you um, on this issue because this is not just a federal issue. It goes all the way down to your local politics. So this is an example of that. And whether you're in Colorado or beyond, just take a look at that because we don't always have to, we obviously always should, but we don't have to just look to our Senate or our federal government for gun reform. It's it's happening right. right on our on our local level too. So this is an example of that. But yeah, we will link action items to help out whether this help out politically, but also help out to these families who just suffered a very devastating blow to their lives. So yeah, definitely if there is anything else that comes out of that story, as per usual, we will keep you updated. But right now we will move to a story involving the orange man. <laughs> the orange man. Wow. Oh, I also, so I made this TikTok and I didn't end up putting it out, out into the world. I just was like, you know, just letting it sit. And because I, I have mixed thoughts on it. And this particular TikTok was talking about how it kind of shows how scared people in Trump's own camp are of him in terms of like what TV they have on, he has on them, what whole makeup about them sort yeah. of situation. And the comment that I have like come up with in my head that I do, I do think is like pretty 80% on the money is that I think if people like what shows that people are scared of him, again, within his own circle, not outside of that is the fact that no one will tell him about his bad spray tan. Like if I, like when I, like I'm notoriously bad at my makeup. I am notoriously bad at spray tans. It's just, I try, but I always fail. And no matter what, like my friends will tell me, I like, and I'll also, I'm aware enough to know it's bad, but regardless, my friends will be like, dude, like, dude, like the neck does not match the cheeks. What's happening. Do we here, think right? that he's actually spray tanning though? Because like when you look at picture, like I think even the picture when he announced, I was like, oh my God, like every time it's shocking. I'm like, who approved of this glam? But it's like his hands aren't sprayed. Sometimes his neck isn't even sprayed. It's just like his face and then his ears are white. And then like now his hair is all white and his oh. like scalp. You think it's bronzer? I think it might be. Or just like one of those spray, like face sprays. Interesting. It's like, but that you is know true. What it We've is. never it's seen like, a, a Trump in a bathing suit situation. We don't know what the stomach's like. <laughs> but you're like, you're a Jersey girl. Like back in the day, like yeah. the Jersey Shore days, though, they were doing the bronzer just on the face, but I think it was like a spray bronzer. Like he's got to have something like from like 2000, the 2008 mm -hmm. to 2012 type 
tan on the face because it is just and also like most tan tanners these days are not that orange like I feel like they've gotten so much better anyways sorry anyways let's get into the story pictures of I had like a pretty bad one for a wedding last winter it wasn't even bad it just was like way too dark for like the time of year I was like Jesus Christ Samantha so I'm gonna have to take a look and see if that was orange or not but anyways that's a personal assignment for moi but this story like Maddie said okay so only one Republican senator has announced publicly that he will support former President Orange Man's 2024 re-election bid, a sign of the uphill battle Trump faces in the quest to win the Republican presidential nomination and a second term in the White House. Also, speaking of, speaking of, there is a, wow, we just got off TikTok. We're going back to TikTok before we even get even halfway, a third of the way through this story. Maddie put out this to what be I thought, a thousand percent, a genius TikTok genius like i was cracking up it also started going viral which we love also speaking of which go follow us on tiktok if you don't already at girl gut but this tiktok maddie do you want to read what it says and the concept do you want to explain this yeah yes it says go ahead let's light this candle kind of obviously like sarcastically being like i fucking dare you type energy like that's Mm -hmm. the energy the sound gives off you know and the what i did was sorry was I put the little caption thing. I said, Democrats hearing Trump is running again, knowing we beat that ass two elections in a row. And honestly, like to start, I feel like it was a lot of people like loving it, whatever. Yeah, like they got it at first. Yeah, the past few days, people have been commenting like nonstop, basically like thinking that I'm a Trumper and like that I don't know how elections work. And so let me like pull one up. They're the absurd. president can't like, I... run three terms if he served in 2020. How can he again? If if you really think Trump is the sitting president, then he can't run for a third term. He can't run for a third term. So be fucking for real. Like all these com- comments. I'm like, if you did any type of due diligence, maybe maybe click into our profile. First of all, you would immediately know right. what side we're on. Also, I I put a comment like as like a disclaimer because people started to comment being confused so i was like by the way this is what i mean meaning like democrats hearing trump's running again knowing we democrats beat that ass two elections in a row the two elections i'm talking about is 2020 obviously when he lost and had to leave office and this year 2022 when he didn't obviously directly run for office but he had his little tiny hands and every single fucking election across the country endorsed tons of candidates and democrats beat almost beat all of them so that's what we're referring to as far as beating Trump's ass two elections in a row. But everyone was confused and thought that I was a Trumper and thought that like he won in 2020 and like I'm I don't I can't even like wrap my head around what they might have thought. It's so but, weird to me. I know. Like it almost like I had to really like think about how they wouldn't get it. And I still honestly struggle with it. But what it showed me, which is like something that I think is like got to be a learned lesson for each side. It's like obviously like being like it's a funny TikTok. It's like making parody of things, making light of things. Right. It does not matter what side you're on. Be nice. Do your research. Like read the freaking comment. Like you're like for whatever reason. I don't know if this is everywhere and we will figure this out, but pinning comments isn't working. But if you even saw the creator comment, read that, take would take you less than three seconds to read it, mm-hmm. to then that make clarified. a decision about it, that clarified mm-hmm. it. 
instead mm-hmm. of being like, let me jump down someone's throat or in the comment section with mm-hmm. fire guns blazing. Without doing any type of due diligence, yeah. no thought, no thinking, no and, analysis, no critical thinking, nothing. And what showed though, because we then got some people that on the other side also thought that this was Trumpy with some Trump 2024 and someone that was like a DeSantis 2024 like, yeah. comments and then some people fighting with each other and whatever. Yeah. I was like, both of both elements are having issues not uh, like with the due diligence. This is a Republican and this is a bipartisan issue. Both sides are are, are yeah. doing their goddamn due, due diligence and reading the creator comment or just What's, reading the comment so on the literal that they went TikTok. they watched the video they immediately get angry and emotional and like what are they talking about he didn't win in 2020 and then goes to the comments starts writing the comment without looking at any of the other comments not seeing my comment as the creator i also copy and pasted the same response saying we're progressive and then another clarifier to like a bunch of those comments back so there's a ton of comments from me clarifying and people are still commenting to this second basically saying the same thing like how can he run again if he if he won in 2020 like thinking that i i'm some election denier so crazy it's just embarrassing for them i'm just so sorry so sorry you guys like just think a little bit harder read a little bit i also went to my personal tiktok and went to that video and i looked at the comments and my comment or the our comment the creator comment popped up first so it's like it technically was as if it was pinned so it was the first comment and then all of my other comments were like still very visible if they wanted to like just because every time I'm confused by a TikTok or like I'm kind of blown away by it or I want to see what people right. are saying, like I go to the comments and I see if people are interpreting this TikTok the way I am. And I also look for what the creator said back to people or not said back to people or like anything first. As you should. Like if I'm confused, I'm like, let me at least try and get a little more context. It's so weird, but I also think it goes to show too, like on both sides, there's this issue of commenting, like not only from like an emotional place first, but like sometimes just keep it to yourself. Totally. I mean, I don't think either of us are one to comment on anything like ever. I only do in a positive way or in a funny way. Like I'm never like coming on to like correct someone. I'm like, who fucking cares? But it's another like very good example of the bridesmaids movie situation of like go home and talk shit behind someone's back like a normal person yeah i mean some people also this girl commented yesterday it took the comments to tell me i was interpreting this in the opposite way respect someone said she's literally a democrat can you guys read (laughs) they responded thank you (laughs) but it's just yeah it's just wild and i i can't people sometimes and like i also i think I also, I guess, could have clarified a little bit more in the in the caption, but I also kind of expected people to understand where I was coming from, to have a little bit of political knowledge, to know like, right, this year we can chalk up as a win beating Trump. And so I just made this assuming everyone knew that, but that's maybe just another ode to how uninformed people are, I guess, which again, we like to say it's not your fault it's hard to understand it's hard to keep up so they just need they just need to follow us i guess they need to learn from us and come listen to this podcast like all of you amazing listeners listening here i mean no no one listening to this episode whatever comment that on one of our tiktoks you guys are too smart but sorry we we just had to rant me and sam we're just like going back and forth all weekend being like 
are people okay? Like, actually. It was absurd. <laughs> it was genuinely one of the more absurd ones. And I was like, because there's sometimes like every once in a while we get someone that's just like, obviously it got on the wrong side of TikTok. And it's not about like them misinterpreting. It's like they're being like some type of like racist, homophobic, misogynist yeah. asshole or whatever it is. And we're like, okay, well, we know what we're dealing with. This was like one of those ones where like, oh my God. Like, yeah. what? Like, did, and this was did the first one where people, activate? the people commenting, I mean, most of the time anyone like comments, hate on our stuff, they're, they're incorrect. But for the most part, it's like, wasn't a moment where it's like, we did something necessarily wrong. It's just people were kind of being stupid. And I, I don't know. I literally like, you're always the one who gets a little like nervous and be like, should we just delete this? And I thought that might've been coming from you, but there's nothing wrong with what we said. And I also... I honestly, at one point, I was like, I honestly might just delete this video because I am getting so frustrated at people's stupidity. I'm like, if I I have to like like copy and paste the same clarifying comment one more fucking time, I'm going to lose my mind. But I I commented it enough at this point and anyone else who wants to comment and say the same thing that hundreds of people have already said, like, even though it's been clarified, that's on them. A thousand percent. That's okay. and Sorry, that's the tea. But guys, it was just absurd. And like we said, if you are not following us on TikTok at Girl on the Go, well, honestly, link us. that TikTok as well if you guys want to go check it out, just so you can witness it. Because wow, because wow, yeah, yeah. But so anyway, sorry. That. But now we have Let's to talk about someone that. Speaking of crazies, Senator Tommy Tuberville, this bad egg, told reporters that this week he will support Trump's candidacy for president and praised his track record in the Oval Office. Speaking of eggs, <laughs> get it? Oval. <laughs> nice. Okay. Anyways, thanks. The rest, <laughs> the rest of the Senate GOP conference is holding back, skeptical he can win the 2024 presidential election or even beat Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in the primary. Even Senator Lindsey Graham Cracker, kidding, perhaps Trump's closest ally in the Senate, hasn't endorsed Trump's candidacy. Though he praised the former president's campaign kickoff speech and says he will be hard to beat. Interesting. The vast majority of Senate Republicans are staying neutral for the time being, waiting to see who else jumps into the primary. Whether Trump gets hit with a criminal indictment from the Justice Department after Friday's appointment of a special counsel and how events play out before the 2024 Iowa caucuses. Side note, the dude in charge of that literally, like, looks terrifying terrifying anyways senator mitt romney an outspoken critic of trump said almost the entire senate republican conference did not want him to announce his presidential campaign on tuesday fearing it would create a major distraction ahead of the georgia senate runoff speaking of trump and other slimy people elon musk reinstated donald trump's account on twitter on saturday reversing a ban that has kept the former president off of the social media site since a pro-trump mob attacked the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, as Congress was poised to certify Joe Biden's election victory. I believe Joe Biden won, by the way. I just want to I just want to restate that one more time for everyone on TikTok. Sorry. Deceased. I'm deceased. <laughs> Amen to that. Musk made the announcement in the evening after holding a poll that asked Twitter users to click yes or no on whether Trump's account should be restored. The yes vote won with 51.8%. Wow, that's Trump's never gotten that much of the vote before. Wow. Previously, Musk has said Twitter would establish new procedures and a content moderation council for making decisions to restore suspended accounts. The people have spoken. Trump will be reinstated. Vox Populi, Vox Die, Musk tweeted using a Latin phrase. I clearly did not take Latin, guys. Meaning the voice of the people, the voice of God. Seriously? Oh, boy. Oh boy. 
Oh, oh boy. boy. Yeah, that's a ooh, that's a whoopsie. Shortly afterward, Trump's account, which had earlier appeared as suspended, reappeared on the platform, complete with his former tweets, more than 59,000 of them. His followers were gone, at least initially, but he quickly began regaining them. There were no new tweets from the account as of late Saturday, however. Also, I saw that I think Andrew Tate's was restored. I mean, for the love of God. Oh, Alex Jones was not. Elon is drawing the line at Alex Jones. So, thank thank you so much, Elon. I really just, just appreciate your, your public service. Yeah, interesting stuff, but... We will move move forward into House leadership, which is shifting a day after Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced she would step aside, which happened on Friday, Thursday. Regardless, oh, it was after our episodes last week. So we have not talked about Nancy stepping down on this pod yet, but she is stepping down from House leadership. She will remain in Congress. One of my friends was like, texted me and he was like, is Nancy is Nancy done? And I was like, she's done in leadership. She's still going to be in Congress. He was like, God damn it! <laughs> oh my god, you see how that's so confusing though. Yeah, like I for someone that doesn't isn't wonking about like really paying attention to the inner workings here of like how Congress works on a day to day or how the Senate works on the day to day or how yeah. I don't know whatever pick a, an agency department whatever. I see how this is so confusing. And oh, all of and the ways that the headlines are written, you would think that she's retiring out of the and all the actual positions and the like yeah. video montages people put together as if she's like fully retiring. Like, yeah, I do get it that it's a little confusing. It's a big but deal. But it's it is a big deal. It's a thousand percent. And she, whether you like policies she's put forth or not, or work together, or like, you know, whatnot, she definitely made huge strides for women in politics and women in general. And as they say in politics, she broke the marble ceiling. And I think there is a lot to be said about that. And there is just what a wild, wild ride for Nance. So just another example of how you can respect people in politics or agree with some things they do and disagree with others. You do not have to be blindly loyal to the people you vote for. So just another moment there, because that's how I feel about Nancy. I'm like, there are a lot of things I am very critical of her for, but there are tons to respect her for as well. And it's, you can do both. Um, Okay. Anyways. So a day after she said she would step aside, Rep. Hakeem Jeffries from New York launched a history-making bid Friday to become the first Black person to helm a major political party in Congress as a leader of the House Democrats. So in a letter to colleagues, Jeffries gave a nod to the legendary figures before him, Pelosi, the first female speaker in U.S. history and her leadership team. He encouraged his fellow House members to embrace a, quote, once-in-a-generation opportunity to unleash their, quote, full potential as a team. And he pledged to draw on the diverse Democratic caucus as it works to govern in a divided Congress and win back the majority after the House Republicans narrowly seized control in the midterm elections. Along with Pelosi, the other top two House Democrats, Steiny Hoyer of Maryland and Majority Leader James Clyburn of South Carolina, the whip, also announced their intentions to step down from top posts. All three are in their 80s. 
Clyburn is stepping down as whip, but he says he wants to remain in leadership. And so a new generation wasted no time preparing to take their place along with Jeffrey's rep, Catherine Clark of Massachusetts and Pete Aguilar of California, who have worked together as a lower rung leadership team, swiftly wrote to colleagues with their bids for a second and third ranking positions in the House Democratic leadership. Jeffries and Clark are in their 50s while Aguilar is in his 40s, and the trio have been working together for years, preparing for just just this moment, seeking to engineer a smooth transition when Pelosi, Hoyer, and Clyburn decided to leave, and Nancy heartily backed these potential new leaders. Thoughts on Dems? Are you asking me? Sorry, I saw a cute puffer vest and I got distracted, but it's almost $3,000 when I clicked on the link, so. Oh, maybe one day. That. One day, one day. I still, I don't think I could get myself to spend that much, but regardless, I, okay. So I think this is particularly interesting. I feel like a lot of people saw this all coming, like saw some of these moves coming for a while. Like if you've been paying attention to the wonky, the policy wonk side of things, these reps in line do not surprise you at all. It's like, right. oh, classic. We Like, I feel like people have been talking about even for like the last few years. Yeah. But it is interesting because I, as much as these people, three, all three people, like Hakeem Jeffries, Catherine Clark, and P. Aguilar are big figures and are people that like people know their names. There are definitely other people that I feel like from a maybe everyday politics knowledge side of things, people are more familiar with. You know, I'm obviously a huge Katie Porter fan, but like, does Katie Porter, is she well positioned? I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not inside the halls of Congress. I, I don't know, but I feel like someone might know Katie Porter that's just getting into politics more than they know who Peter Aguilar is. Or yeah, I think there's like, Clark. but I think there's also like this separation in the Democratic Party and like Katie Porter is among those who are considered more progressive and like those are the people they're not mm. necessarily wanting in democratic That's leadership because they are supposed to be a little bit more moderate mm-hmm. in, yeah. in ways but it's also just interesting too because like you said like Nancy people were like wanting Nancy to like step down a few years ago too but I just wonder this is just like a thought bubble that like I wonder if it's better for new leadership to come in when they're not in power so they can kind of like learn the ropes and like not have as much as stake. So then when they do get power back, they can like actually make moves and make get shit done versus mm-hmm. like imagine new leadership stepping in when you have power and you have all this pressure to make sure you capitalize on that power and like get shit done. I wonder if that's like a dynamic there of like Nancy's like once we lose power, I'll step down and then the new people can come in. But thought bubble. Really quick, GOP side of things, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has a math problem. <laughs> Relatable. Same. Um, he, won, Same. <laughs> he won the House GOP's nomination to be a speaker this week, 188 to 31 vote. But far more GOP members voted against him than he could afford to lose on the floor in the January 3rd vote that would elect him to be speaker. A vocal faction of Republicans who have the potential to make or break his speakership continue to withhold support. Recent 2022 election projections put Republicans back on track to win up to 222 seats, a much slimmer majority than they were expecting. And so Matt Gates and Andy Biggs, the former chair of the right-wing House Freedom Caucus, who challenged McCarthy for the speaker nomination, have outright pledged not to vote for McCarthy on the House floor. But other critics of McCarthy aren't going quite that far. And so the questions of like how many skeptics skeptics can he sway on his side and what do they want in return so 
this is an interesting side of the Republican Party. So Scott Perry said the leader does not have 218 votes. It is becoming increasingly perilous as we move forward. So this GOP <laughs> turmoil, which all the way, by the way, Perry my caption of my perilous. TikTok... <laughs> the caption okay. on my TikTok also said, can't wait for the GOP turmoil to ensue. Like it, that also just gives it right away on what side I'm on. I'm just can't. Sorry. But can't. speaking of the GOP turmoil, that's going to be interesting to watch. We have to run for another recording, but tune in for our episode tomorrow, our interview episode. And those are your top stories of the week. So we'll Woo. be talking to you tomorrow. Toodles. Bye. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.